When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to the Travel Squad Podcast. We adventure the world together one passport stamp at a time. We're here to share travel news, tips, and our own adventures with you. Every Travel Tuesday, we share stories on a variety of topics, including our hometown San Diego, hiking, weekenders, national parks, international getaways, and inspiring you to go on your own adventures, even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. And I'm Kim. And And we're we're the the Travel Travel Squad Squad Podcast. Podcast. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, squaddies. Welcome to episode 87 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we're going to have an entire episode dedicated specifically to talking about bad travel etiquette. If you thought travelers and airplane workers could be rude before, COVID has taken it to a whole new level. I have experienced some of the jerkiest people while traveling in airports and planes specifically out of all of the travel I've done since COVID specifically, and I can't wait to call them out and I can't wait to have a little laugh. Yes, today our episode is all about throwing some shade on some of that bad travel etiquette that we've seen while we've traveled. And hopefully, if anyone listening is an offender of the bad travel etiquette, you listen, learn, and hopefully you don't make the same mistakes and do it again. And although you guys can't control how people act that are around you, you can control how you act to make sure you're not one of those people that we're going to be talking about here, that we've experienced those bad travel etiquette. I know, Kim, you mentioned specifically, you know, planes, and obviously I feel like that's where we see it the most, and especially now in COVID, but we're going to touch travel etiquette, bad travel etiquette specifically on all sorts of areas of travel from within hotels, the airplane itself you know, buses, metros, trains, we're going to talk it all. And if you are one of the bad travel etiquette offenders, you won't necessarily be called out by us on the trip, but we will make fun of you on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And just like there's bad travel etiquette, there's also really good travel etiquette. Like Jamal was just saying, you know, you could have a really good flight experience. You could have really cool neighbors on the plane who are just happy to be around people again. You could have really nice flight attendants. And those types of experiences are what makes the trip memorable. 
you know, part of it. Like we will never forget our flight from San Diego to London when we got hooked up by the flight attendants. Heck yes. Because we used our tip on how to get upgraded for free, which by the way, we will send to you if you write us a review on Apple Podcasts and DM it to us on Instagram. Five-star review. You forgot the five-star part. Oh, well, I mean, that's a given, right? Yeah. You send us a four-star <laughs> written review. You're not getting it. Five-star, everybody. <laughs> So let's dive in. Let's start making fun of some stuff. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this too because we did have a specific YouTube quarantine edition episode about this, but now we're going to go full-blown podcast episode. Yeah, that was back when we were quarantining from each other even. (laughs) But the experience really starts at the airport and that can really just make or break how your trip starts out. So definitely would recommend when you get to the airport and you go up to the check-in counter, be nice to the attendant that's helping check you in. They can really hook it up if you're nice to them. I also just heard a study that showed the effect that small talk can have on you positively. So while you're waiting for your coffee or you're checking in at the counter, take that little extra step to make a little small talk and it will actually make you in a better mood. Proven by science. Maybe that's why Jamal's always in a good mood. He always makes friends with everyone, no matter who's around him. (laughs) Like he could be sitting on a flight with strangers and he's making friends. I think that happened on our last flight. I don't even think I talked to Brittany that flight. <laughs> I was talking to the person next to me. But yeah, going back to what Brittany first said, be nice just in general to the person checking you in. That is going to be the best step you can do. And that leads you right to security check. And, you know, when you're there, be on point with your travel etiquette and don't slow down the line. Everyone really hates going through TSA. Let's not kid ourselves. That's why we kind of bypass it by getting our TSA pre with our global entry. So I highly recommend you do that. But even still, when you're going through security, you do need to get your shit together in a sense. Like literally, if you have your fluids, have them already in the plastic bag that they want. Start taking it out while you're in line. Don't wait till you get to the TSA agent to start pulling out your wallet to get your ID. Like do this stuff while you're in line. That way everything moves smoothly. Yeah, the people who are just pushing their bag through the conveyor belt, still trying to take their shoes off. Like, okay, we've needed to take shoes off for 10 years or more now. And now you're just doing it. (laughs) 10 years, it's like 20 now. Right, yeah, even longer than that. And you know, I think I've encountered the most grumpy airplane airport workers in the TSA line. For some reason, they're just never in a great mood. And we encountered one that was in a terrible mood in London who just simply hated Britney. She had it out for me. (laughs) Well, this one wasn't TSA. This was like British version TSA, though. But I will admit this. We were having a stopover in London. And so they have different requirements for their liquids that you have to actually put your liquids in their specified bag. And so the bag that I got through in the U.S., Made it out just fine, was a little bit bigger. So when I tried to transfer everything over to the London approved bag, it wasn't fitting all correctly. And she was pissed. She was like, you're doing it incorrectly. You're not packing it right. She grabbed the bag from me. She dumped everything out, told me to repack it again. She was pretty crazy. She was a little crazy. And so it goes both ways. I mean, I guess when you're dealing with security, you could only give them so much lip back before they tell you you're not even flying or take away your ticket or do something. But obviously they should have the courtesy back to be nice to you. But even if they are being a complete a-hole like that lady was to Brittany when we were going through London, you know, just 
Take it with a grain of salt. Put a smile on your face. There are people behind you who want to get through, and you're going to slow them down if you start trying to give them lip back. So you know be, what? be the bigger person. I had to be the bigger person once. I was checking into a flight going from Sacramento back to San Diego, like a 45-minute flight. And I was out and about. It was summer in Sacramento, so it was like 100-something degrees. I was wearing a tank top that was backless. It like had a strap in the back, but it wasn't like a full back tank top. Mm-hmm. And the counter lady or some lady that walked up that worked there was like, do you have another shirt you can change into? Because I don't know if we're going to let you on the plane like this. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That is so fucking rude. And when the fuck it, have you ever heard of a fucking dress code on a plane? Never. I was about to lose my mind. And I think I was with my ex-boyfriend at the time. And he was like, dude, stop. They're not going to let you on the plane. But I was so pissed. So I was like, excuse me? <laughs> so what did you do? Did you change your shirt? No, I didn't. <laughs> and so it did, doesn't sound like you were the bigger person. You said you had to be one. And well, now you're telling I, the story and doesn't sound like I you were. I kept my mouth shut after that because I didn't want to get not let on the plane. And was the bigger person because what I wanted to say was not what I said. What did you want to say? Let's hear it now on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'd rather not. I'm going to be the bigger person. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it to yourself. That was just like the rudest thing I've ever experienced. Yeah. So it goes both ways going through security. I mean, really, that's the initiating point of your entire trip. You know, you could be on the receiving end of bad travel etiquette from not even a traveler or worker, but you can go a long way by having your mental mindset and mood set based on how you respond and move forward getting through security and dealing with your checker inner at the airline desk. All right. Now, moving on through security. You think you're out of the gate, but you're not. There are lots of bad etiquette offenders beyond the gate, too. Like boarding. Like how many times have we seen people crowd the boarding area? Like people are standing there like 20 minutes before the flight even boards. Yeah. Trying to get spots to move them up in line. And I think a lot of it has to do with the overhead space and them wanting to like manipulate that. Because airlines are trying to suck people dry and make them pay to check bags. True. True that. Except for Southwest. Shout out to Southwest. Southwest. Two bags fly free, guys. Two bags fly free. I think COVID helped with the lines a little bit and they would call up certain numbers. But I think it's even worse with COVID when people are crowding that area. It's like, dude, sit down. Give some people some space. They were doing like 10 at a time, but they've recently gone back to their full boarding um, process. Of 30. Of 30. It was so much more efficient. But see, we're just talking about Southwest. Even other airlines that have assigned seating for that matter, or if it's not assigned seating, it's boarding group numbers like A, B, C, D, whatever. And people just want to go up and try to get on outside of their group. And I've seen people be turned away by the gate attendant saying, oh, it's not your time yet. And they play dumb like they don't know. They know. They're just trying to get on. And maybe you're right. It is that fight for that overhead space. (laughs) And realistically, I don't want to get rid of my back either. But if it gets to the point where you have a carry-on size and there's no more space, they will check it for free. So don't think like, oh, no, now I'm going to be suckered into having to pay to check. That's not the case. But don't fight the line because there is a line. Yeah. And I mean, we got to confess, we've definitely done this. We've had the bad travel etiquette and boarded outside of our group. Um, Specifically to Boise. Do you remember that? (laughs) But that's because we were on the tiny plane that Kim ragged on. And that's why she's a hater on (laughs) Alaska Alaska, because she's only flown (laughs) one of their small puddle jumper planes. And she thinks that's what they're all about. But they were telling us like, oh, and the flight was in our defense, though. And, you know, and we're talking about it. And Kim, thanks for keeping us honest. We have offended it. (laughs) But... They had delayed our flight. 
we were going to lose an hour already. We were going to get in close to midnight now. And the last thing we wanted to do was to have to check our bag. But extenuating circumstances. But yes, we are offenders. But only (laughs) the one time that I can recollect. So they did announce that they were going to run out of space. And they were like, if we could have people volunteer to check their bag, we'll do it for free. And so we're like, oh, there's four of us. Like, that's a lot of overhead space. We each have a carry-on bag. So who was it that went up to the agent and asked, hey, if all four of us check our bags, can we get like a free I asked for a free drink. Yeah, this was like our last flight. This was like our last flight before COVID. I said, there's four of us. Like, we'll check it. But I mean, you know, I I said, honestly, we don't want to wait. Is there any way that we can get like a complimentary drink for checking it? And they told us no. And I think it was her response to me with the no that made me say, you know what? At this point, we're maybe going to bypass. But in our defense, we were D and we loaded with the last of the C's. So we were close. It's not like we did a big, big jump. (laughs) Yeah, they should have given us that free drink ticket. I would have checked it. That's why Alaska sucks. (laughs) No, don't say that. Um, I think also just something to know if you want to have good travel etiquette, say hi to your flight attendant, be friendly with them. They definitely get a lot of rude people, especially with having to constantly tell people to put their masks on and all of that BS. So when you're nice to them, it's out of the ordinary, which it shouldn't be, but it is. So they're a little nicer to you. I always go out of my way on the plane to make sure that they see me say hello and with a smile on my face. One, I think it's just nice. And two, for the very reasons that you just said. But I do that in everyday life. I'll even say that to the person checking me out at the grocery store and try to look at their name tag and call them by name. It really goes a long way. And I promise you 90% of the time, I can tell that they're nicer to me when they come around for my drink or snack or whatever than they are to anybody else who just kind of ignored them. You might get two snacks. I actually, at the grocery store the other day, the checker hooked me up with a free bag of tortilla chips. Damn. Nice. Just threw it in for free. Nice. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Another thing I've seen in the COVID era is people just not wearing their masks or not wearing them properly, like sticking their nose out. And all that's going to cause is the flight attendant to come over and say something to you. It's like, just wear it. It's not that hard. And I think at this point, like, you know what, if you don't want to do it in other aspects of when you're going out, you know, that's one thing. But now... I feel like, and I'm hoping it gets over soon. I'm tired of wearing it, quite honestly. But if you're going on a plane, it's almost like the social contract now. You know what they expect of you. So now if you don't want to do it, you're going there for a fight. And now Mm -hmm. that's completely bad travel etiquette. Like, why are you trying to ruin the experience for everybody else? You're hearing all these stories now of people having to land planes Mm -hmm. because they're not putting it on, doing this and that and delaying. So don't be that person. That's crazy You know, don't. Why do you want to make your point in the air? You're going to be nothing but famous on social media, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And you're not going to even make it to the destination you were intending to go to. Right. You're going to ruin your trip and everyone else's experience. But also, I've seen some headlines with some really rude flight attendants, too. Tried to kick this family off of a plane because their baby wasn't wearing a mask. Their baby was on her lap. I think she was two, eating and wasn't wearing a mask. And the flight attendant was trying to throw them off the plane. Everyone was on their side and the flight attendant got kicked off the plane. Oh, I haven't heard about that. Yeah, one. I saw I heard the about video. That. that was relatively recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was relatively recent. So Crazy. Again, it's a two-way street, right? You know, don't be that person either. Yeah. I think another thing I've seen, COVID or no COVID, people playing videos on their phone with no headphones. That drives me crazy. I'm like, dude, shut up. <laughs> yes. Turn it off. Where Especially your when it's a night or later flight. No, and I have a story about this too. Laying down on the seats when there's plenty of seat room. I was on a flight going to Boston and it was 
in October, so is COVID central. And so they didn't have any middle seats open mm-hmm. or they were all open. I'm sorry. But so the way I think it was Delta, they have their first class and then they have a lower class, but it's still better. Like premium economy. Right, right. right. And then they have the back, which is just regular economy. economy. Steerage. <laughs> so they put everybody who got a regular ticket in the back still with no middle seat. But the person in front of you is right by you. And across the aisle is like, what, a foot? Right. So you're not distanced, yet all those middle seats were open. And I'm just like, how fucking money hungry can you airliners be? Second, there was an empty row behind us. We were like two rows. There were two empty rows and then our rows in the back. So it was a red eye flight. So I wanted to lay down. There was nobody there. So I went to the row behind me to lay down and the flight attendant comes up and asks, is that your seat? Obviously, bitch, you know, that's not my seat. Like, you you know where I was sitting. You have the fucking seating chart dumb question being passive aggressive right and so i said no whatever got and she asked if we could give them some space they wanted an extra row in between their back row and the passengers like you see how many fucking rows are right there you could have had a lot of extra space if your airliner wasn't so money hungry and you weren't such a you know what I mean? Yep. Well, I what's funny is when you said middle seats, I want to clarify. You're not talking about, oh, they're splitting the middle seat between the three on each side. You're talking literally from like first class and premium economy. They're leaving the middle of the plane just the like wide rows, open. The middle like 10 rows yeah, completely and they, open. And they could have spread people to Way be double more. rows between is what totally. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And that was Delta. So Delta, mm-hmm, I see you. Although they are one of my favorite domestic airliners in terms of the Not big me. in terms of the big ones well you just had a bad covid experience no actually i don't i don't really like delta anyway i do think they're pretty money hungry they they have some decent snacks but jet blue is way better love jet, love blue. jet blue another thing keeping on the boarding real quick of the plane do not move other people's stuff in the overhead bin to squeeze yours in. I mean, if somebody's laying their luggage long way and you can tilt it a little bit, that's one thing. But when I've seen people like try to shove theirs and compact other people's like in a real bad way, <laughs> it's like, come on, if you're going to have to do it and move it, just ask like, oh, is this anybody's here? And then just say, may I move? Like if somebody responds, they're not going to tell you no, right? And in best case scenario, it gets the attention of the flight attendant and they'll help you figure out where it needs to go and then move it yourself but don't just shove other people's stuff. I've seen like non-hard suitcases, like a duffel bag style one, and people are just like shoving on it, trying to compact it. Just like, (laughs) you don't even know what's in there. Like, what the fuck you doing? That is bad travel etiquette. I've also seen people put like tiny bags that do take up space in the overhead bin where it could go under their seat. And I'm like, why are you wasting space? Like, is it really going to inconvenience you to have this one thing under your seat? Like, they already said mm-hmm. there's going to be limited space in the overhead bins. Yeah. Or those people that, and I'm sure I've been one at one point or another, but it's like one carry on, but they clearly have two carry ons. They're just trying to pass one as like a purse or something. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm, I see you. We were, <laughs> we were boarding a flight recently and they actually said, you know, it is one carry on bag, one personal bag. That doesn't mean one personal bag and your purse. You need to condense it all into one. So and they were calling people out. I think they saw the people lining up and they're like, <laughs> nope, not going to fly with us. There's so many travel offenders on the plane, though. Like reclining the seat is a big topic. Yes, it is. Hot topic over here. <laughs> <laughs> During takeoff, it's like, come on. It, first of all, it's against the rules 
And then it's a rule for a reason. It's a rule for safety. If you have to do an emergency landing and it's leaned back, it's harder for people to get out and get to the aisle to go to the emergency Or exit. it's even hard to get into your aisle if you're fucking leaning back and someone has to crawl behind you, pulling on your seat, meanwhile, the whole time because you're in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? That's another pet peeve of mine. People pulling on the seat. Like, oh. use your core strength. <laughs> Some people don't have core strength, but oh. I, I agree with that. <laughs> but the exception to that is if the person is leaning behind me in the way in which they shouldn't early on, I will pull on it. Uh, oh, and passive I will be, aggressive. I will be passive aggressive back. Yeah, I was even about to say that. I will be passive aggressive back, but only if they deserve it. But I will not get into a verbal confrontation on it. I remember one time we were leaving Mexico City and someone was already reclining before takeoff. I'm just mm-hmm. like, dude, like we have been on the plane for like three minutes. You really can't wait for takeoff and get to 10,000 feet to do it. And so eventually we just tapped the uh, flight attendant and pointed to the seat and she got it and she said it herself so if you want to be confrontational and say it but in a nice way more power to you but always let the flight attendant do it it's their job and then it comes across like they're doing it for a safety perspective which they really are mm-hmm. and while we're on the topic of recline seats because it is such a hot topic i can't stand when people recline their seats and keep them reclined during meal service there is mm-hmm. nothing more annoying to me than that i'm like we're all just trying to enjoy a meal here with the seats and also like leaning back and eating your food it's just weird manners i think well, not only that <laughs> so i strange. feel like on flights that do give food they announce that during meal service let's have the seats up and talk about core strength <laughs> <laughs> sit up people and work it out seriously <laughs> there's a lot about the seating the middle seat i always get stuck with the middle seat especially on unassigned or because i haven't paid to pick my seat and i swear it's like, I can't even move my arms because I have no armrest. It's like, you have two. Give me one. Exactly. Yeah, seriously. I think if you're on the window, you should default to kind of leaning against the wall of the plane, right? If you're in the aisle, you have a complete open space by you. You should default to leaning to the aisle side and leave the middle armrests to the person who's actually in the middle and has nothing but the back of their seat, which gets uncomfortable, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're that person, don't crowd the person in the middle lean to your open spot lean jamal had a great experience in the middle seat and we've mentioned it before and it's just you know so funny we have to mention it again on our way home from johannesburg to atlanta jamal was sitting in the middle seat next to the lady who smelled like bo yeah seriously oh my god Such a good story, but such a bad one at the same time. So (laughs) the flight from Johannesburg to Atlanta is 16 hours. It's like on the top 10 longest commercial flights in the world. I think it's somewhere in the middle, like five or six terms of length flight time wise. And me and Brittany are sitting together. Obviously, she's in the window. I sacrificed the middle being the gentleman that I am for such a long flight. (laughs) And basically... We're literally down to the last three people that are coming on the plane, right? You know, the the last ones that are coming in because you can kind of see the trickle of space between that everyone's not compact and close together. It's more spaced out. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, shit, man, we might really get lucky here and have nobody by us for this flight. And then all of a sudden, this one person comes in that I see and I just had the feeling right away. I was like, fuck, this person's going to sit by me. I just know (laughs) it. I just know it. And you can tell by the way she was walking that she just didn't look very clean. She kind of looked a little grungy like sweatpants and they were dirty they had dirt stains on them and whatever and then she sat down and had the worst 
case of BO I've ever smelt in my life. So one, please, before you get on a plane, make sure you're at least semi-fresh. I mean, I'm not going to say freshly showered, but semi, please, let alone for a 16-hour flight, you're going to come on reeking like BO. It was horrendous. Do not be that person. At what point, you can't even complain at that. When am I going to tell the flight attendant and kick somebody off a plane? Like, I'm not going to do that, but don't be that person. Oh, God, it was bad. It was bad. I mean, even if you are freshly showered, like you went into the to the lounge right before your flight and took a shower, at the end of that 16 hours, you're going to smell like B.O. Yeah, absolutely. Coming into it, nasty. <laughs> yeah. And see, even when I'm on a long international flight like that, let alone 16 hours, 10, I can't not pack deodorant. Just one, I'm thinking of it myself. God, I don't want to stink. And two... It's also a courtesy of the person sitting next to me. I mean, if you are in the middle or on the plane, you are to an extent sitting kind of compact. You are sweating mm-hmm. in there. So I always carry that with me. So that's a good squad tip. Carry deodorant with you for those long flights. But I don't think deodorant would have saved that girl. <laughs> it was beyond that. <laughs> it was beyond that. But the Ew. the row in front of us, they leaned their seats back. So they were further entrapping us into this bio bubble. Mm. The only saving grace was what, Jamal? She had a blanket on her. And when she was covered by the airplane blanket that we always have the great stories grace. about, <laughs> of should we take it or should we not? When she it covered her, it. it was good. But <laughs> the moment she would lean over to change her TV setting in front of her and expose her arm out of the blanket, it was just like a big waft of disgusting Ew. air that came out that was trapped. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. That's pretty gross. And now I look back on it and it's horrendous still, but it's a good fun story to talk about. <laughs> but don't be that person. I can't stress that enough. That might be the worst travel etiquette. Do not come on a plane with horrendous BO. <laughs> I'll say to some people will complain about like perfume and cologne, but I actually love love that that doesn't bother me whatsoever in terms of like bad etiquette like hey you want to throw on the cologne and bathe in it before your flight really it bothers me it like gives me a headache a really bad headache I put one spray on my cologne sometimes and Brittany's like, you put on too much. I'm like, what do you want me to do? I put on one spray. Oh, I no, agree I with you. It. I agree with you in terms of like, it could be bad if somebody bathes themselves and it could be strong, but I would mm-hmm. rather have something like that that's powerful than, you know, something else. I love when people walk by and you can just smell nice cologne in their path. I'm like, where'd you go? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't mind it if it's like nice and faint, but if it's too overpowering, mm-mm. It's a no-go for me. So I want to talk about something else here. And I don't want to call out anybody who's a parent because I'm not a parent. So I don't know how hard it could be. And I know it is a very hard job. But there's a difference between hard and just being an asshole and having bad travel etiquette. I've seen people take dirty diapers and put them in the seat in front of them, like in the mesh pocket that has the instructions. And You are not that busy to take a dirty diaper and carry your child with you if you have to to the restroom and throw it away. Do not put it in the front of the seat. The next person that comes in, ignorance is bliss, I guess, right? But come on. You're going to put a shit-filled diaper in the front of the seat? I've seen it. What if it's pee? That doesn't matter. Still, it's a dirty (laughs) diaper. It's a dirty diaper. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. That's pretty gross. Don't be that person. I have no problem with a baby crying. What are you going to do? I mean, is it annoying? Yes. But what are you going to do? The parent can't control it. You can control that. That is outrageous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the parents actually physically doing that. So they can definitely control their actions. Mm-hmm. What about when you have to go to the bathroom? This is like so awkward when I get the window seat and then there's somebody there on the aisle like sleeping or I mean, watching like, a movie. 
the best rule is if someone else in your aisle gets up to go to the bathroom, you go at the same time so that you're lessening the amount of times that you have to bug everyone else. I think that's a good rule, even if you don't want to get up. But I also want to say this. If you are traveling in economy to where it's really an issue that you have to make somebody get up so that you can move yourself, you can't be upset if somebody needs to go to the restroom. Like if you want the convenience of the aisle because it's easy for you to get up and you have that extra space on the side, the least you can do is not roll your eyes when someone needs to use the restroom. Like agreed, I feel bad if I'm really having to go a lot for whatever reason, drinking a lot of water. If I'm on an international flight and the booze is free, I'm going to be drinking it. That's going (laughs) to cause you to go also. But yeah, if you're sitting on the aisle, just take it with a grain of salt. It's one of the best things that you can do to make somebody not feel like, oh my God, this I'm a burden now. I always feel so bad. Like if someone's sleeping, I'll try to hold it if I can because I don't want to wake them up. But as soon as they start wrestling around, I'm like, yo. And that's respectful. I, I respect <laughs> that. That's good travel etiquette, Kim. Mm-hmm. What about farting on the plane? Brittany knows Brittany, everything no. all about this. The fact it's that not both okay. Of, the fact that both of us said this, we know it's you, Britt. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I wasn't the one Dutch ovening and the other person. It must have been Zena. No, I don't know about that. I think one time there was something going on and then we talked about it later and Kim finally admitted maybe a year later that it was her. I think it was a flight to China. Mm-mm. 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 I think it was. <laughs> but anyway, realistically, though, don't be that person, especially, you know what, sometimes you're traveling on a plane, you feel that little quench in your stomach, not necessarily that you have to go to the bathroom, but you, maybe you need to. But if it comes out and it's deadly and you continue to do it and no, then that's some real yeah, bad travel. You got to hold it in some flights where someone was doing something. Two of the most infamous flights that I could remember is when we were going to Japan and somebody was doing it. It might have even been the flight attendant crop dusting, if you want me to be honest, because it was just so prevalent. And at one point, our niece Deja, she was coming with us and we looked behind her and we're like, is that you? And she said, no, I thought it was been you guys the whole time. And then do you remember the time we were going to Bryce, all of us as the squad? Mm -hmm. And then it was that late night flight to Vegas and somebody was, luckily it was only an hour flight, but somebody was ripping it real hard and it was so bad on that plane I'm just like oh you're about to go to Vegas right now and something's wrong with your stomach it's no I good I think people like because planes are actually quite loud and the sound is a little distorted because of your ears popping it could be muffled and so they're like hmm, no one's gonna notice this and we then... notice it when they're deadly <laughs> <laughs> You know, I do remember um, reading an article and it was about a flight attendant and they loved walking the aisle and crop dusting everyone. Hey, if you're rude to the flight attendant when you get on. (laughs) They did it. That's so jacked up. See, it may have been the flight attendant, (laughs) although I don't want to say that because I enjoyed my flight on Japan Airlines. They are actually ranked one of the best economy classes to fly in the world. So I want to give a shout out. So I don't want to say it was the flight attendant. But yes, I have heard and read that article of like confessions of flight attendants where they say that they'll do that, especially to rude customers if they're uh, having gas. (laughs) (laughs) So you finally make it through the flight. You just land at your destination, but you haven't deboarded yet. There's a lot of worst offenders that happen when you're deboarding a plane in terms of travel etiquette. Yeah, you're supposed to let rows deboard row by row. Not if you're in row 17, run up to row four and try to get off the plane as soon as the doors open. No, you wait until 16 is off and then 17 you can go. Especially during COVID when you're supposed to do that, stay seated until the row in front of you deboards, give them space, blah, blah, blah. That's definitely not happening. And it didn't happen before and it's not happening after. Like people 
Is it really going to make you get off the plane any faster? It saves you like 20 seconds. You know what? They already do stuff that pisses me off when they come up. But when they start to come up and then I stand up and block them because it's my turn. And then they look at me like I've offended them. I'm just like, who the fuck do you think you are to give me that stank eye like that? (laughs) Like, you're lucky I'm not. Oh, accidentally pulling my luggage down and bumping you in the face accidentally with it. I mean, Whoa. our last flight that we were on, Brittany, <laughs> well, I know that I say that I really would never do that. And I'm getting passive aggressive in the way I speak, but not what I would really do. But on our last flight, Britt, somebody did that. Do you remember? We were getting ready to board the plane and I don't think she had any luggage and she just kind of bypassed yeah. everybody before people stood up. I'm like, what are you doing? You're coming from the back Rude. rows and you're already in the middle of the plane. Don't be that person. Well, we can go on and on and on about airplanes, but let's move on to some other bad etiquette offenders. Such as the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hotel room walls are pretty thin. So when you're making a ton of noise out in the hallways, people can hear that. And when we get up at the crack of dawn for an easy day, we try to be quieter in the hallways, but then you'll hear kids screaming and running up and down the hall early in the morning and late at night. It's like, come on. Seriously. And I've even been places where I've heard people play loud music and it's like they're having a party in the room next door. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like you're in a hotel. I'm not saying don't have a good time, but there's a level of courtesy. And clearly those people are not abiding by that. But I will say it happens everywhere. And by everywhere, I mean everywhere. But I feel like Vegas is the worst, but Vegas just (laughs) lends itself to be that way, right? People are going to be stumbling in late, hella drunk and doing all this and that. But have a little courtesy, especially if you're not inebriated, because when you're inebriated, I guess maybe you can't control it. But you can tell when people are walking down the hall if they're drunk or not. I think it's also bad etiquette for the hotel staff to not have your room ready at check-in time. And I just want to say that. I don't think that's <laughs> ever happened to me. Has that happened to you? Yes, it has. And it's quite annoying. Where was that? Most recently when I went to Scottsdale. Most recently. So this has happened multiple times. Jeez, I've never had this happen <laughs> to me. Well, you're lucky. I mean, I've gotten there early and they've told me it's not ready, but I've never gotten in at the assigned check-in time at a minimum and then them tell it's me it's still not ready. It's happened to me with ready. Airbnb too. Wow. Bad mm. luck for you on that. Then. <laughs> yeah, well. That's bad. Like we said earlier, etiquette is a two-way street. It's not just us as the travelers. It's people who are doing the hosts or in the industry themselves, right? Whether it be the attendants, the hotels, or whoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a question. Do you think it's bad travel etiquette to deny the bellboy from taking your bags? Like you want to do it yourself? No. I don't think so. I like to carry my bags a lot of the time too, especially if I am wanting to change right away to go out or do something or I have something inside. No, I don't think it is. I think it's bad etiquette if you have them bring it and give them a shitty tip. What would be a shitty tip? I think anything under $5 is really? a shitty tip for a bellboy. Yeah. Really? I do. Jeff Bucks. I do. You know, I think it depends on how many bags you have, mm. truly. Like mm-hmm. if you're staying for a few weeks and you brought four suitcases, I'd probably tip a little bit more. Right. But if you brought like two carry-on size bags, probably wouldn't. Probably. What about the valet? What's a bad tip? See, what's funny is I feel like I want to give the bellboy more money than the valet. I usually give the valet about three. And somebody may crap talk me because I've been in the service industry as a waiter. But I really do think that getting a car is a lot different than taking somebody's order or carrying somebody's heavy luggage, such as a bellboy. Mm -hmm. But that's my personal thought. But to go back to your original question of denying them the opportunity to take it, I don't think so at all. Who are you to say that you have to surrender your luggage to anybody checking into the hotel? So no. Good point. Good point. How much do you tip? 
Yeah, I think five dollars anywhere that three to five for the bellboy, I guess two, three valet or five. I don't know. Depends if it's a really nice place or not. Do you guys tip the house cleaners? Sometimes, yeah. If I have cash, I'll leave it. I've I've left money sometimes, like on a multiple night stay, and they don't take it. And I have to leave a note that says, this is for you. <laughs> well, I think that some places, depending on especially the nicer places, have envelopes that specifically say for the cleaners or what what's the appropriate term to use for them, for the room service. Right. Yeah, yeah. If you just leave cash out and they don't realize, then they may think, oh, it's here. And then they're stealing, right? So that, yeah, that's a borderline. I try to like, make it look like it's on the table just sitting there, you know, but yeah. That's Clearly a, that's didn't a forget term. it. <laughs> I know you said not to talk about the subways, but we're going to go there with the subways. Well, it was to not talk about (laughs) the subways in Mexico where I have a memory of my phone getting swiped from me and I'm still kind of bitter about it, although I handled it well when it happened. But yes, there is lots of etiquette that can be broken here on the metros, trains or buses for that matter, right? Yeah, like people are getting off and people are coming on. Wait until the people get off before you start trying to get on. I don't know why that's such a hard concept for people to get, but it's like this one huge, like what are they called? Um, Mosh pits? Like getting on (laughs) some of those subways. Yeah, because everyone's pushing against each other. And oh my gosh, you know who does not have issues with this travel etiquette? The Japanese. And when we were in Japan, it was one of the best travel experiences in terms of etiquette and manners I've ever experienced in my life. So <laughs> you talk you, about it all the time. T- because it's amazing. It's an amazing culture and they are just so polite. I mean, they have designated sides in the subways for you to walk if you're entering to the subway, going to your train, and dedicated sides to walk on if you're leaving. And let me tell you, if you're going in, everyone stays on that one side. If you're going out, everyone stays on that one side. There's no cross. Everybody waits until everybody gets off the metro before the people who need to get on go on. They even (laughs) form a line waiting to get on. I mean, have you ever seen anything like this? They wouldn't even do that here in the States. I love it. Amazing travel etiquette in Japan. And every other country that I've been to has failed at this. Japan is the only one that I have seen succeed and not be animals and monsters about it. You're very passionate about that. I am passionate. I loved it in Japan. Love, love, love (laughs) Japan. And also just a general travel etiquette, no matter where you are in the world, is if you see someone that's pregnant or elderly, please give up your seat. Or a woman. Like if you're a man sitting, you should give up your seat for a woman. Jamal, I agree with that. Jamal always does. He always gives up his seat for me. And he always offers his seat if he has a seat to the elderly, especially when we were in Japan. And they were so thankful. Because <laughs> they were nice. How can I not be nice back? But you are right. And thank you for doting on me. I always do that. Woman, pregnant or not, I will do it. And especially elderly people just as well. I think another offensive thing I've seen on the buses and trains is when it is really packed in there or even medium packed, packed enough that the seats are all gone. There's people standing and someone has like their backpack or something on a seat. It's like, come on, move your stuff. There's obviously people standing because there's nowhere else to sit. You know where this wouldn't happen? Where? Japan. (laughs) It wouldn't happen in Japan. Even though that was really crowded on the trains during rush hours, especially in Tokyo, everyone was really courteous of everyone's space also too. So that was really cool. But yeah, honestly, just be respectful of people's space. Be nice. Like I get that we're all in a rush to go where we're going, but there's certain manners and etiquette that you can do. And if you start, maybe someone else will see it and maybe we'll all mutually get to that level. I don't know. But I mean, it's a good lofty goal to have and just put good in the world and don't be an asshole, I could say. 
So now a lot has changed since COVID. And I wanted to call one thing out that I've seen many times. Somebody else going up to somebody and telling them their mask isn't on right. It's like, it's annoying to see somebody not wearing their mask right, but even more annoying for the citizens arrest mask police out in the force, just patrolling the mask, patrolling the faces. I'm like, dude, just move along. Like, give yourself some space. You don't need to be the mask police around here. Okay, Karen, just sit down. <laughs> Karen, Kyle, <laughs> whoever it is. I agree. I see a lot of people patrolling and it's like you're getting into a confrontation for no reason. Yeah. You can distance yourself away from Which that is, situation. Which is even more bad etiquette to start a brawl in the middle of a public space over a mask that you could just walk on and leave it alone. And let alone the comment may lead to an argument which will lead to people talking if they don't have the mask on. Now they're directing their anger towards you and maybe their <laughs> germs that you were more concerned about to begin with yep. are even worse now and going to be in your face. So I, I agree with that sentiment. I I mean, again, if you're uncomfortable and you're on a plane, there's something to be said about, again, maybe telling the flight attendant, and I hate to default it towards them because it shouldn't be their job to enforce that, but to an extent right now, it really is, and it comes better from them than from you just telling somebody, right? So, but in public in general too, yeah, like why? Like if you can actually space yourself from that person, then space yourself from it and don't be the one to make the confrontation. (laughs) But we've talked about on the plane, in the air, deboarding, hotels, buses, metros. Let's talk about some travel etiquette about traveling with people. And I think this is a good topic because we also travel like as a squad. Yeah. Let's not kid ourselves. People travel with their friends and there's certain things that you should really do even amongst your friends to have some good travel etiquette. I think one thing I've I've seen with other groups is something that you specifically want to do. And I guess that's kind of a balancing act between honoring what everybody wants to do. And somebody really wants to go to this baseball game, then, you know, try to make that happen or this restaurant, try to make that happen. But when there's somebody in the group that's like, I have to be back at 6 p.m. so that I could watch this show or something like that, that is interfering with everyone else's travel plans. It's like, who is watching TV while they're on vacation? Like who has I mean, I've definitely heard people say like the baseball game's on. I need to I gotta watch the baseball games. Like, no, you don't. Watch it on your phone. Yeah. yeah, and if you wanna watch it, you could be in the rush to get back and not make everybody else who you're traveling but sometimes with. Sometimes it's a group thing and yes, but that's what that's what we're saying. That's what you should do if you had good etiquette. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The bad etiquette people are like, We have to be back at this time, like assume everyone's on your schedule. Not everyone's on your schedule. Mm -mm. I mean, I know there's times where we've traveled as the squad where there's certain things that either you, Kim, or Zaina had suggested or Brittany even. And, you know, I'm just like, I don't really want to do it. But you guys (laughs) in return do what we want to do. And we find that compromise and make it happen so we could all have a cohesive trip. If there's really something that somebody suggests that we don't want to do, we don't make a scene about it. And we say, oh, you know, like maybe we'll split up or do this. And we've done that before. Mm -hmm. So don't put the pressure on people and be aggressive about it and let alone make them feel guilty for trying to say, well, if we want to do that, let's just split and be mutual about it yeah but i think i was more referring to something like not that you want to do on the trip but something you need to be back for yeah absolutely but i wanted to bring up about stuff to do like on the trip especially if you travel with people be mutual about like what it is that you do and i don't want to say cater and bend backwards but if they're doing stuff that you want to do you got to do stuff that they want to do yeah but in a non-aggressive way yeah, right? yeah and i do think if 
if you do have something you need to be back for, say you have to watch that baseball game at home or you have a Zoom work thing or, you know, you're working while you're traveling, whatever that is. Say there's something you have to do and it's just you. Then you make the arrangements for you to get back in time and don't impact everybody else in what they're doing. Don't let your personal plans affect everyone else's trip. Mm -hmm. Like if you know you have that other commitment going on, make your own arrangements to get back. You can find it. You can get back there by yourself. Not going to be the end of the world. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And also, I just want to say, too, we got to be courteous of people's time who you're traveling with and not on what we've just been discussing. But realistically, you know, if it's agreed upon, hey, we're going to be out the door by this time to start our day because we want to do all this. And it's really kind of agreed upon that. Yeah, yeah, we all want to do this stuff. And then for whatever reason, you're taking too long to get ready in the morning or doing this or that and slowing people down and slowing down the trip. You know, that's not cool at all. So we got to be courteous of people's time. And if it's been agreed upon stick to the what's been agreed upon right Mm -hmm. yeah you know the night before you can shower you can lay out your outfit you can get as prepped and ready as possible before you have to get ready for that day and that really helps i think another bad etiquette thing i've seen is when plans don't go according to plan and then somebody in the group or whoever you're traveling with gets upset over it like I think I've been an offender of this <laughs> when we were in Sequoia and Kings Canyon in the snow ruined our plans to do certain hikes. Yes. <laughs> and I threw a fit over it and blah, blah, blah. The rest is history. And that's how we ended up on a 16 mile hike lost on Easter day with no food. It happens. It happens. <laughs> But I think with COVID, it has even enhanced it more with a lot of things being closed that should have been there, should have been available. And whether it's COVID or it's not COVID, there's nothing you can do about it. It's not there. You can't do it. So don't cause a fit or make a scene. I might make a scene over the no breakfast buffet when they're supposed to provide it. Yeah, I mean, well, if they don't that's com- warranted. But if they don't compensate me by giving me a breakfast to go and a bag at the very minimum and they're still advertising it online, you could get upset, I guess. But uh, to make a scene In is In that one case, thing. Brittany, <laughs> just smash the plexiglass windows and take them down. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> But I think that's a really good point about what you said. You know, I mean, there's going to be some things that you just can't do because something's closed or something has come up. and Or limited capacity, so it's full. Yeah, and it's just, you know, roll with the punches. Don't make a scene. Don't make things uncomfortable for whoever else you're traveling with or your partner for that matter, right? Just mm-hmm. go with the punches. Mm-hmm. But did any of you ladies have any final thoughts on one last little bit of travel etiquette that we want to just spill out here to everybody before we get into Kim's favorite part of the week? No, I I, I just think for as much as we're talking about bad travel etiquette, we're saying it so that you can have good travel etiquette and make your experience and the experience of who you're traveling with and the experience of people you encounter along your journey, everybody to have a good experience. So learn from these lessons. Absolutely. All right. Question of the week time. Questions of the week. We actually have two questions here today. And the first one is, since COVID, what would you say the etiquette is on offering to help put up or take down someone else's luggage on an airplane? That's a good question. Because you know you're not supposed to touch other people's stuff. I feel like if someone was struggling I feel like Jamal would have the courtesy to ask, do you need help with that before reaching for it? And then gauge their response. And if they did need it, then I think it's appropriate to help. 
I think so just as well. And if you are that concerned about it yourself, and again, you don't know who you're talking to, how concerned they are. And so Brittany's point is very valid, gauge their response. But we should all be traveling with hand sanitizer these days. I feel like everybody really is. And they also say it's very hard to catch COVID from surfaces. Right, right. So if you have the hand sanitizer to do a good gesture like that, as long as you ask without taking the initiative to take something out of somebody's hand, because I mean, I'm still seeing flight attendants do it. They're probably touching more stuff than Mm -hmm. me as an individual is. So if somebody's comfortable with the flight attendant, they need help, they should with me. But that's, again, my thought on it. Yeah, and my thought is that if you ever see me with luggage, feel free to put it up or take it down for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and then our second question is, have times changed and how early to arrive at the airport before flights? I actually really like this question. I think it's a good one. And... It's tough because I feel like right now travel is starting to pick up. So now it's really tough to gauge. Is the airport going to be empty? Do I not need that much time or is it going to be crowded? And you just don't know, right? Because I've gone on a few trips now where travel has picked up and then I've gone and then it's been dead again, right? So Mm -hmm. you just don't know. So again, I feel like it depends on your airport. But I would say an hour is a good time to get there beforehand, especially if you're not. Yeah, for domestic, especially if you're not checking any luggage. Mm -hmm. But they do have a TSA app. It's the My TSA app, and it gives you security checkpoint line estimates. So you can look at that and really kind of gauge on how much time you need to get there. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So it's kind of like the borderline. You can check to see how long your wait is going to be. That's perfect. Yeah. That's always I mean, that is what the holdup is going through TSA. Yeah. Well, sometimes the airports are huge and you don't realize how big they are and how far you have to walk to get to your gate. Mm -hmm. Um, Like San Diego to get to Terminal 1. I mean, you really don't (laughs) need very long. There's no gate. (laughs) But if you're, you know, in Atlanta or somewhere. Seattle. Or let alone San Diego Terminal 2. Terminal 2 is big, not Terminal 1, right? And you have to get on a shuttle and go to the next one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes Jamal actually looks at the terminal layouts beforehand or the airport layouts. Maps the most efficient route. I just like looking at maps. So I always look at that too when I land. But see, that's why if we go back to what I said, I said, depends on how well you know your airport. If you're traveling somewhere you don't know, you're landing in that airport, right? So when you land there, if you're flying back out, you should at least use that opportunity to scope like, oh, it is a far walk from the gates to the front entrance uh, and check-in area or this or that and gauge it yourself. But that My TSA app is good. But if you're flying out of your home airport and you know it, you should be able to gauge that yourself on how much time you think you really need now to get there. Great tips for navigating the airport. All right, squaddies, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. Please keep the adventures going with us by following us on Instagram, subscribing on YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast. Tag us in your adventures and send us in those questions of the week. If you found the information in this episode to be useful, or if you thought we were just plain funny, please share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, guys, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. And stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, Bye, everybody.